listening to Doing Law Differently, a podcast that explores how leaders in law are thinking outside the box and challenging the status quo. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as we discover how the world's most progressive law firms and law companies are doing law differently. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Alex Solo, who is an entrepreneur, lawyer and technologist. Alex co-founded Sprint Law, which is a law tech firm that is transforming the way business legals are delivered by embracing technology, efficiency and simplicity. How's that? Founded in early 2017, Sprint Law have provided assistance to over 3,000 Australian startups and small businesses. They won the LexisNexis 2018 Legal Innovation Index Award and were recently named finalists in the 2019 Australian Law Awards for Innovator of the Year and New Law Firm of the Year. And they were also a finalist in the Smart Company Smart 50 Awards. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me. So with all these awards, you must be doing something right. For sure. No, it's um, definitely humbling to, to sort of yeah, be inundated with awards at the moment. Definitely good for the ego, I must say. Yeah. And so early on in business as well. So you've got it right from the ground up by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had a pretty good sort of last two years. So definitely good to get some recognition for that. Yeah, that's great. So three of the things you've identified for me that you're doing differently are technology, flexible work and being simple and easy. Now, let's start with the technology and more specifically to start with, I want to talk about the fact that you're online. For sure. So why did you choose to set up that way? When we started the business and really the reason that we started the business was kind of recognizing in Australia, uh, you know, there was this huge market of, of small businesses that weren't consuming legal services. And a few sort of surveys have been done, but also if you just want to sort of ask people as to why you're a small business owner, why aren't you seeing lawyers? What's what's the main barrier to doing so? Our main things were simplicity, ease, but also just being able to do it quickly and, and sort of online at all. Uh, and there was an interesting study that came out, I think, a year before we started the business, which said 90% of searches for a lawyer start on Google, but 90% of decisions end up being made off Google by a friend or family recommendation. Oh, right. That's interesting. For us, you know, seeing that, looking at what page you went on Google, like what was returned when you searched, I need a lawyer, was sort of websites that look like they were made in the 1990s, where lawyers talk a lot about themselves and what they do rather than breaking things down for a client. We started to see this real opportunity to, to sort of redesign the firm for the 21st century way, um, like the way you consume all, sort of, all sorts of other kind of services, yeah. Yeah, and it would help that you have a background in web design. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I used to run a, um, a web design company uh, before I was a lawyer. And so, yeah, obviously putting those two things together was, was definitely part of this business, yeah. Yeah, your target, your clients are small business owners. Was one of the barriers for them that they needed to access legal assistance during the hours that they were also running their business? Is that why the online thing, one of the reasons why the online thing came about? I think that's true, but I think it's also that they're very, well, it's, it's related to that. They're just very busy and mm-hmm. um, lawyers would often make them come in for pointless face-to-face consults to ask them long, confusing questions and then have to go back and get the answers to those questions and come in again for a meeting. And when you're short on time, um, particularly for the new wave of online businesses, when you do everything else online, uh, there was just this real demand for something that they could do um, maybe after hours when they're their day's done. I don't have to come in for a meeting and I guess do something a bit more flexible and it's more efficient for us too. So, so we can do things faster, I think. So I think that's kind of probably the main thing, ease of, ease of use and flexibility. Yeah. So how does it work in practice? How do they engage you? How do your clients get started? 
So yeah, most of our clients find us at our online channels through Google or Facebook, and they'll come to our website and you know, often there'll be a business in its early stages. Um, we do obviously work for some bigger businesses, but often they'll come to one of our web pages, fill out a form saying, you know, I need help with registering a company or I need help with the shareholders agreement or something like that. Usually within a couple of hours, one of our legal consultants will give them a call. So the consultants are all legally trained people, so law graduates and law students, but they're not lawyers. And they will have a free chat with them pretty quickly, sort of try and work out what they actually need, which might be different from what they think they need. Yes. Then put together a quote and send that over to them. If the client wants to accept, they can accept online. We have like an e-signature sort of online acceptance process. Um, everything's fixed fee, so it'll be a fixed fee quote. We have pretty standard pricing for a lot of our services. So mm. they'll accept the quote, a complete payment upfront, which is one of the sort of things we do a bit differently, I suppose. And then once that happens, they'll get a sort of delivery time where they're told, you know, just like if you order some clothes online, you'll, you'll be told, oh, your, your shareholders agreement will be ready in three to four days. And then call from a lawyer and the documents prepared after that phone call uh, and sent over to them. Uh, so yeah, that's how it works. You mentioned that your legal consultants are not lawyers, they're law grads or law students. Is that a business decision? That, have you done it that way for a reason? We have a couple of reasons. One is, I think the reason that no one really did online legal services before is that you get a really high volume of inquiries and not all of them are great. So you need to be able to have some people and and also time matters. You need to respond quickly. So having someone being able to do that sort of high volume of of calls and consultations is important. Traditionally, that would be done by a partner at a law firm, but it's just not feasible to be having a partner doing those initial consults. And by doing simple small business legal services, we were able to really standardize the way that we sort of scope work. And so I think as a business, it makes sense to then, if you can standardize it, give that to smart, motivated young people uh, who are kind of keen to do those initial chats. And for them, it's, it's great training because as a lawyer, you never really get to speak to a client until the end of your career, whereas we're flipping on its head. At the beginning of your career, you learn how to speak to clients, mm-hmm. learn sales skills. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of why we do it that way. Yeah, you are absolutely speaking my language. At our firm, we do exactly the same thing. We standardize the products or the legal services that we sell and we create the systems behind it that are all automated or pushed by technology and then a lot of the service delivery is done by law students and in fact just graduates who who don't have law degrees because as you've said you're teaching them those skills it's not necessarily something that they need to come with but as well as being online you also have your custom-built automation technology which sounds fancy what does this mean what are we talking about here for sure so that's all stuff for our lawyers I guess another aspect of being a business that's trying to service a high volume of people at an affordable cost, we need to be really, really efficient in the way that we do things. Yes. We won't be able to service a high volume of people if we need to have 300 lawyers servicing 300 clients. So we recognized, as everyone's sort of talking about the legal industry, that there's a lot of technology out there and that can be built that automates a lot of the time-consuming administration that lawyers have to do from Yep. creating documents, finding precedents, filling out timesheets or project management and all these sorts of things. So we've created basically a bunch of what we call workflow automations. Every time we saw the lawyer doing the same thing again and again, we recognized that, put a process behind it, and then coded it somewhere. 
So mm-hmm. for example, we've got an automation where when a new client accepts one of our proposals, automatically we'll create a client file. Uh, it will look at what services that they need. It will populate a few documents. If uh, sort of 50% of the job already done, we'll send an email to the client. It will appear in the, in the lawyer's sort of project management dashboard and it will tell them how long the job will take, like estimated hours required to do it, the timeline and various other things. So when the lawyer comes in, all they got to do is look at this sort of thing that's already been set up for them mm-hmm. by technology and really just do the human thing, which is get on the yeah. phone and talk to them and do a little bit of tweaking of a document and then send it away. And, and there's plenty of examples. I think we've got over 100 workflow automations now that we've built over two years. So. Yeah. And it removes the grunt work, doesn't it? It frees us up to focus on the things the human element, like you say, because that's obviously important and the technology can't do that bit for us, but also the enjoyable stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what makes being a lawyer fun is that speaking to people, helping explain legal problems to them in, in a language that they can speak. And, and if you're going to be doing document drafting for a contract, for example, doing the hard stuff that can't be done by a computer, something creative or, or a bit different. And I think that's what technology allows us to do now. Uh, it's not, as people say, I think, uh, you know, going to replace as a whole, but really support them and make their lives better and easier for sure. And to create these workflows, is this something that you've built in-house or are you using software that you've purchased? Combo. We we have the philosophy of if it's already been built, don't try and rebuild it just to say that you've built something. Uh, (laughs) And so um, we used a lot of open source and even closed source software tools, things you can, I mean, we started off using things like Trello in the early days of project management. We've migrated from that, but a lot of that stuff's being used. And then I think we've built a few custom applications where really there was nothing on the market that did what we wanted. And we used Zapier a lot in the early days for workflow automations, um, which you may have heard of, which is a sort of online tool that allows you to easily automate things. And then after that, uh, you know, we've had to do more complex things now that we have hundreds of them. So we've ended up building some things completely custom as we've grown. Uh, Definitely in the early days, uh, it was a matter of finding something that was out there and hacking it into shape so it could do what we wanted. And isn't that the perfect example of how modern lawyers need such a broad range of skills? It's not just the legal theory is not enough anymore. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think (laughs) um, it it doesn't mean you necessarily need to code, but definitely for us, um, familiarity and being comfortable with technology and how it works is very important. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your flexible workforce. So obviously your automation technology is helpful there because if things are already virtual, already online in the cloud, however you want to describe it, your staff will have access to whatever information they need, I guess, from anywhere. Yeah, that's right. And that you pretty much hit the nail on the head. The technology has enabled us to sort of really open up the way that we we manage our staff and, and allow them to work. You know, you don't really need to be in the same place as everyone at the same time because all the information's in the cloud and available. You don't need to ask someone to forward you an email because all of our email chains are available. You don't need to ask someone when's this due because it's all in the technology. So we basically for our lawyers, we've said to them, we're very results driven. Um, they've got KPIs and we say to them, pretty much you can work at sort of whatever times that you want, whatever hours of the day, as long as you manage your clients and the calls. And we have a once a week lawyers meeting and daily stand-up catch-ups just to make sure everything's on track and they can sort of ask questions. And we have online chat rooms where the lawyers collaborate and sort of work out how to resolve problems. But really, it's a pretty flexible sort of job. And I think uh, people love the autonomy. I mean, people still come into the office because they like to. And it's a fun place to be, but they don't have to be here. They don't feel like they're being micromanaged and people pitching over their shoulders. So, yeah, it's, it's I think, quite a different culture to what 
most of the law firms I've seen have. Your workforce was designed around lean startup and agile project management methodologies. Tell me, what does that mean in practice for you? Two things. From the beginning, there's this concept in lean startup and also in agile of, of sort of MVPs and building things for the customer. Yes. Which, yeah, sounds like you're familiar with. But the idea is before there was these sort of methodologies, people would think of an idea, spend six months, 12 months planning this idea without really testing it with the market. And then they'll go invest all this money to build it and launch it only to find out that no one wants that thing at all. Mm. The idea behind Lean and Agile is build something quick, test it with the market and iterate different versions. And then you'll find out what the market actually wants. So we've applied that, I think, in building the business from the beginning. As a whole, Sprint Law was that. That's where the Sprint and Sprint Law comes from. It's a term from Agile, which is about iterating sprints. I was going to ask you if that was where it came from. Yeah, yeah. It's not about running fast. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's definitely not about running fast, although that's a nice sort of double double entendre there. But for us, um, you know, in the early days of the business, we knew we wanted to solve this problem of non-use of legal services, but we didn't really know what the solution was. And we thought, well, let's find out. Are we going to be a completely app-based tool where people do their own legal docs or are we going to be a law firm? And do we need to have a sales team or can we have an e-commerce shop online? And these questions, we didn't just pick one and spend a year building it. We just launched Printball straight away, listened to customer feedback and evolved into what we are now. And that's where our models emerged from. It's something that really is built for what people seem to want at the moment. And so mm-hmm. that is the sort of big conceptual injection of, of Sprint and Agile into our model on a day-to-day basis. I mentioned those things like stand-ups. That's a concept from Agile. So we have have daily stand-ups and that really helps ideas flow. People are always raising issues. Lawyers can say on a day-to-day basis, oh, you know, this project management system is bothering me. Can we fix it? And then, you know, within two weeks, we fix those problems and it's not this big cumbersome process you might have in, in law firms with pilot programs and stuff like that. So, yeah, those are some a couple of examples. So with your background in law and technology, how did you come across Lean and Agile? And did you do training? Did you just read the books? How did you get up to speed with all of this? Yeah, good question. I think I probably came across Agile as a, I was a technology lawyer. So I've worked a lot with technology clients and Agile is very big in, in the tech world. And probably as a business, we've, we've looked to the tech industry as a yardstick for how to be efficient and how to do things. If you look at the way that even web design companies are running, but also technology businesses are running, they're the techiest people out. And so even the small businesses in that industry are, are very, very efficient and they do clever things. They may not have some of the other skills that we have in the legal industry, but in terms of how to run an efficient business, um, they're a good place to start. So I think it was probably picking up those terms from those industries. With Lean in particular, I obviously read Eric Reeves' book, The Lean Startup, at some point. And then when I was at Clayton Newts, which was a big firm I used to work at, I did a, a training in, in Lean Startup there as well, which was... Mm. Very, very helpful. It was a really intensive sort of two-week, three-week course, but it went through with an example like how to go from problem to solution. At the time, I'm like, oh, these are all great theories, but how am I going to use them in practice? But since I've started running the business and actually doing it, you start to see how important that style of thinking is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, especially because the examples that you read or that you hear about when you think about these kinds of methodologies None of them come from law. So you can Mm -hmm. think, oh, that's all well and good when you're in tech to, you know, build an app and get it up and running. But how does that apply in my day to day? But like Mm -hmm. you say, when you actually start doing it, you realize how those kinds of tools can be used. For sure. And I think, you know, behind all those methodologies, 
like lean and agile is the basic point of stop planning, just go and do. Like that's basically what they say. And once you start doing, you start to see how the methodologies work. And if that's all you take from them as a starting point, you've already learned something, particularly for lawyers trying to do things differently. I'm sure as you'll find on this podcast and even you probably experienced this already, but lawyers are very risk averse people and the concept of just going and doing doesn't come naturally, but that's something that definitely these methodologies have and tech businesses have in their DNA and it's something we can learn from. Now, the third thing that you say makes you different is that you're simple and easy. And I really like this because lawyers like to overcomplicate things and simple and easy is good in my view. So for Sprint Law, what does that mean to be simple and easy? So yeah, I guess this was one of the big things that we found at the very beginning of the business. Exactly what you said, lawyers are much hated by small businesses for writing a long, complicated emails that they can't understand and preparing them 60-page contracts when they wanted a one small set of TNCs to attach to the back of something. So I think picking that up in our agile approach, we found this is a massive pain point that we need to sort of solve. We've just basically fed that through all of the different areas of the business, right from our website design and and website copy through to the way that our legal consultants speak on the phone, all the way through to how lawyers write agreements and what our documents look like and say. We started off just by having really clear tone of voice guidelines for the business. No jargon, use contractions where you can, short emails. If there's something long, put it in an attachment, explain things in the simplest words possible and sort of Occam's razor as much possible. When we designed our precedents for the business, we spent ages trying to strike that balance between legally enforceable and and well-protected, but also not super long and not unnecessary. And I think that's something that makes us as a brand stand out from a lot of other other clients, makes us friendly and approachable. Some clients, I don't like it. They have a traditional view of a lawyer and they want someone that speaks in a very traditional tone of voice. Um, for the most part, the balance that we've struck, I think, is, is the right one. I must say, I've, I've seen businesses go too far down the other path, in my opinion, which you know, my opinion, but, but be very friendly and bubbly and sort of act like a customer service team. And that can go too far in, in terms of, you know, people are here to protect themselves against risks. That's why they're seeing a lawyer. So there is some element of keeping it concise and clear and not being too fun and jovial. But I think just finding that balance and, and being simple and easy to use has been something we've been working on since the beginning. So what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to step out of the traditional law mold and do things a little bit differently? What's the biggest lesson maybe that you've learned on the way? That's, yeah, a tough one because there's so many. I'll let you have a couple if you need. <laughs> Yeah, I think for pretty much anyone working in the legal industry now, it doesn't matter whether you're probably what's sub-discipline or whether you're in a big firm or already sort of working in a smaller practice. Engaging with technology is one of the most important things you can do right now. And I'm not saying you need to learn software coding. In fact, it's probably not a good idea to learn software coding, but at least be familiar with all of the new tools that are, are coming out for lawyers or even not for lawyers and mm-hmm. how they might change the way that you work. Because yeah. um, if you are a lawyer who is even reading about this stuff, you're going to start to see opportunities you, you never thought of everywhere in your day-to-day work. And you're also just going to be much better protected against anything that might happen in the future to, to disrupt your job or your, or your industry. I think some people are sort of taking the view that technology is evil and sticking their head in the sand and, <laughs> and kind of... Um, or finding the problems with it and not really embracing it. And I think that that's sort of not the right approach at the moment. I was on a trip in, in Tokyo a few years ago and I met with a lawyer who worked in sort of the innovation space there. And he said something to me, which I sort of remembered, this was before I started Sprint Law, but there's a book by Richard Susskind called Tomorrow's Lawyers, which yes. um, I'm sure 
newspaper. A lot of people kind of talk about that book. And this was when the book had just come out, so maybe 2015 or 16. And he said, if you see this book on the bookshelf of a lawyer, make friends with them. And I think it's not really even about the book, but it's just about the mindset. If someone's thinking in that way and thinking about the future, you know, going somewhere or or going to be doing something interesting. And that's definitely, anytime I meet someone that's read that book, I have a good conversation with them and they seem to be doing something smart. So yeah, that's probably my main takeaway. I want to ask you one last question on that technology point, because it's something that's come up for me a few times lately. I think you're right in that a lot of people put their head in the sand or kind of hide away from the technology. And then I think on the other hand, you've got the people who want all the tech. They want everything going, the latest and greatest of everything. And they don't necessarily know how to use it or they don't even use it at all. Mm. I think there's a balance between working out what you actually need and then finding the technology to do it, as opposed to finding the tech and then seeing how can I implement it. And I'm interested to see what approach you took with Sprint Law. Did you start with the tech or did you start with this is the idea and then go looking for something that could make it happen? Very, very good question and a good point, I think. Definitely people using tech for tech's sake is a big thing and actually making their lives more cumbersome by using technology than they're more efficient just because they want to be on the latest and greatest. So I think that's Mm. true. For Sprint Law, I would love to say that we didn't build with tech in mind from the beginning, but I'm not sure that's quite true. I think we've taken that Sprint approach from the beginning in terms of saying they're looking for actual problems and then how to solve them. So in that sense, every time we were looking for tech, it was for a specific purpose. If you look at our CRM that we use, in the early days of the business, we were just doing everything by email. People would submit an inquiry to their website and I'd get an email and I would call them. And then I suddenly had 50 emails in my inbox and I couldn't track the conversations. So now I've got a real problem. It's getting too much. Is there a technology solution? That's what leads me to go find the CRM rather than trying to get the CRM from the beginning. Yeah. But I will say, you're right in saying there's a balance in that I was also not afraid to look. I knew I was going to look to technology for the solution rather than something else. I wasn't going to look to to hiring people or outsourcing. And that's because I just see that as a massive hole in the legal industry is that they're not using technology. So yeah, but I do agree with it, sort of what you said, for sure. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with me. It sounds like I want to come and work with you because I think we, it seems like we have quite similar frames of mind around how all these things work. Now your website is sprintlaw.com.au and people can go there to get in touch with you and find out more about your firm and also look at your very lovely website because it is very lovely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast. Visit doinglawdifferently.com.au